Today, we'll choose an EV for a viewer in need of a non-SUV good road tripper, a family considering a Rivian R1S, and a viewer who road trips and tows a track car. Hello, and welcome to Battery Bargains, a series from the Batteries Included podcast where we answer your EV buying questions. This is episode number 20. I'm Dominic Yoni, and I am joined today by Martin Lee from the EV News Daily podcast, along with our special guest, Dave Connor from the Out of Spec Dave YouTube channel. Now, if you're looking for your own battery bargain, email us with your use case and budget. Please keep your emails to a couple of short paragraphs so we can get through as many as possible each week, and we'll see about featuring your case on an upcoming episode. All right. So let's kick this thing off for today. And to be transparent, we've paraphrased these emails a bit for length and clarity. So are you guys ready to go car shopping? Absolutely. Yep. All right. So our first email comes to us from Akil, and he writes, Good afternoon. I currently drive a Lexus ES350, and I am looking for a hatchback sedan or wagon, as I don't like driving SUVs. My budget is eighty to 90000 I am excited about the EV space and want to make the switch. However, I have a few reservations. I live in eastern North Carolina and do 200 to 350-mile road trips each way on the weekends and a couple times a month, a 400-mile trip to New York City uh, oh, twice a year. So, so he does the 250, 200 to 350-mile road trip uh, a couple times a month, and then a 400-mile road trip to New York City twice a year. So some weekend destinations don't have charging, and my New York City destination does not. I am concerned about non-EV or non-Tesla EVs at this time, given the lack of reliable road trip charging and the Supercharger version 2 locations not opening to non-Teslas. I, I was leaning towards the Tesla, most likely Model S, given the range, efficiency, good charging, and it being a hatchback design. However, my concern with Tesla is that it seems like Tesla, like Model S build quality is not the best. So I, I would be depending on mobile service. I could have to drive to Raleigh, North Carolina, which is 90 miles away. And I am I'm unsure if they provide loaner vehicles. I plan to keep my car for 10 or seven to 10 years and don't want to rush into the wrong decision. Do you think I can still transition to an EV based on my concerns and have a good ownership experience? Thank you, Akil. All right, well, that's a tall order. It looks like he's already leaning Tesla, So, but I don't know, uh, road tripping. You, you do some big miles, uh, Dave, in, uh, what do you, what's your first thoughts here? Yeah, my first thoughts, if you listen, there, I'm gonna that? let Martin go first because there's- Dave, you're muted. Okay. Oh, this guy <laughs> next to me in a mus in a Tesla Model Y has some advanced stereo system I've never oh. heard. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let right. Martin go first, but okay. I do have a lot to say about this. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Well, and, and actually, funnily enough, because my question was gonna be to bounce it back to Dave, because Dave has been a Lucid Air owner, and it mm -hmm. seems to me that if you're coming out of a Lexus and you want to go to a Tesla S, and, you, and that's a great car by the way, S is S or X is fantastic. I. I don't know, but my get my gut reaction would be a Lexus driver going into a Tesla a car, unless you are super into tech and you're going to really get off on the tech and the constant updates um, and, and that side of it, I think you might feel a little bit shortchanged because 
a Tesla is amazing engineering. It's it's brilliant, but you're going to come out of a Lexus and get into a Tesla and be like, where's the rest of the car? It's just, you know, you're never going to get in it and be delighted at the, the choice of materials and the quality. Yeah. You're never going to never going to touch the car and be like, man, this is this is awesome, next level stuff. So, uh, you know, your budget, Akil, your budget is is really really generous. And so, if you're looking at spending that amount of money, I think you want to feel special. And if you are spending up to ninety thousand dollars. Please look at, I think the Lucid Air, the Pure now used is $69,000 to get a used Pure with maybe four or 5,000 miles, absolutely clean. That vehicle will feel very special when you're inside. It'll do 400 miles of range. We're not talking about the Grand Touring and stuff like that. But if 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 the guy next to you, Dave, for Stop Making the Noise, I want to hear from you because you yeah, bought yeah. one of these with your own money. I was going to say, however... Okay, because there, there, there is a big however here. Actually, there's about ten however. Oh yeah, list. well you sold you sold it as well. Um, no, well first of all, um, this is the the Lucid is not a hatchback. Okay, and if and if you want to be able to put your mountain bike in the back, um, forget about it. It has a massive front trunk, but if you're looking for a hatchback, it's just not it. As a matter of fact, the clamshell trunk on the Lucid is it's tiny i don't even know how else to say it it's it's like really wide but it's it's very shallow in terms of from from top to bottom um i think that the pure right now is actually priced right at 69k they should have done that a long time ago i think that you if you're even slightly remotely scared about charging range forget about it lucid is the way to go because well actually that's not true like a a model s uh, long range has got about a 405 mile range even though they overstate that a little bit um but i was thinking grand touring which is what i had so but the charging infrastructure is is just it's just not there yet um we're we're hearing we're waiting for you know the adapters to come out which is all great but the model s let me let me put this into perspective it's not it's the build quality is is actually beyond acceptable especially in the refresh model s now one thing that i'm going to say here that may be a little surprising i know you say you want a sedan you don't want an suv but the model x base is 79,990. don't get any options on it depending on your financial status that will qualify for $7,500 federal tax credit it's actually cheaper than a model s now if you don't want a, an suv and you don't want those ostentatious doors um you know don't don't you know don't go for it but the the little things they did in the model s in the refresh i actually find it beyond tolerable it's not just a clinical dentist chair anymore i like the cloth interior like in the seats you have um heated and cooled seats for a change now um i think that you know you, you, you the glass roof is is quite amazing i think the s is a great way to go what i would suggest is and maybe martin you said this potentially look for a used one with very low mileage because right now People are just, there are such incredibly good values out there. If you know what you're doing, you know what you're looking for. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people in sort of tough situations that are having to dump their cars. So if you're, you find one that's under warranty, that's got five, 6,000 miles on it, 
you know, then you could maybe save a few bucks. But I, I think the, um, you know, the Model S would be a great way to go. I don't, Martin, what do you think about it? What do you think about Tycon? I, I don't know if uh, the range of the Tycon, so I hesitate on the Tycon, fits the bill. Because whilst it charges like a monster, uh, it seems to me that Akil was worried about the 350, 400 mile number. And obviously, after a couple of hundred miles in a Tycon, depending on how hard you drive it, you're going to want to start thinking about where you're going to charge next. And that yeah. was my concern. And I start, I started down at, you know, like, so if you went to the top end of a Mac-E, that's going to get the adapter for the V3 Tesla superchargers. And I thought, actually, you're coming out of that Lexus. you got a big budget. I think you can probably stretch beyond a Mac-E. That's a great car as well, by the way. And it's going to get the adapters this month or next month. So, um I kind of moved up a little bit from that. But yeah, I think Tycon would be great. Dom, when does the gravity... Uh, gravity's too far away, isn't it? The lucid gravity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's more towards the end of the year, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but it doesn't sound urgent, though, so maybe it could be a purchase that he, he could be in, you know, try and get in at the front of the queue of the gravity. Yeah, he doesn't um, like SUVs that much, though. He doesn't like driving SUVs, shout. he says. Yeah. Okay. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, though. You know, that, that drive from Raleigh to New York a couple times a year... I wouldn't even think about that. They've got so much infrastructure from a network standpoint. I've done it so many times. Piece of cake in a Tesla. Hopefully piece of cake as these new, you know, adapters start coming out and you have more CCS cars that are starting to, to you know, um, support the NAX infrastructure and all of that. But you're looking to keep a car for seven or eight years. You get through this year, year and a half hump of, you know, of the the change over to NAX and all that, you want to buy something for the long term. Model S, amazing car. I've owned two of them. The new refresh I really loved. And I do have the Model X now, which I really love. And for me, if you haven't been in a Model X, just go sit in one and look at that windshield. Oh, man. You you won't be disappointed. It's amazing, but it is an SUV. So. What do you think? What do you think about when we get emails from people saying I keep my cars for seven or ten years? Is that because they've always kept their cars in combustion weld for seven or ten years? Because frankly, we've got a fourteen-year-old diesel Golf Mark Five Blue Motion, so it's got all the stop-start stuff. We keep it on the driveway because we do. Um, we never drive it. We always drive the EVs, but. Um, I, I get it occasionally, and even though it's a 14-year-old car now, it doesn't feel. I mean, the infotainment is different, and it's not it's just a different level of luxury, but I kind of like driving it because it's smaller. It's, it, there's just, you know, cars have just gone through with an inflation as well in all ways, and, um, and, and it just feels almost nippier, even though it's a Golf. Um, and I wonder, once you get into EV world, Dave, whether... Akil says he'll keep it seven or ten years. I wonder if in two years' time he'll think, what else is out there? Because it's yeah. like a new toy. Well, don't ask me. I'm the wrong guy to ask. Okay? <laughs> you got every I mean, five minutes. <laughs> seven, seven to ten years is like a hundred years. I mean, you know, look, the, I, think, I think one of the things that is going to happen in the next seven to eight years or seven to ten years in the EV space is we're going to see technological advancements in terms of um, whether it's range. I don't know but definitely more efficiencies. And I think it wouldn't shock me if there's some new technology that comes out there. You're going to be like, wait a minute, I really want to have that. So I think, I think that, um, 
the the Model S, just going back to that, I think will will be fine for the next seven to ten years for sure. Mm. Um, and I just don't think you can make a mistake with that. Look for a potentially a good solid used one, uh, but but drive drive the Model X, please. Just trust me on that one, just for a moment, because it feels like you're in an X or in, in a Model S. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with the translation from the Lexus over. If you were to go from a Lexus RX350 to a Model 3 or a Model Y, you're going to be very minimalized out, right? There's only one screen. The S and the X, you got a screen in front of you, um, you know, in, in front of the, the steering wheel, in addition to the large, in addition to the large uh, center, center screen as well. I just think um, you'll be really comfortable knowing you've got that network in your back pocket and uh, it's a gr it's an amazingly large hatchback. As a matter of fact, um, Alyssa just had all three of the dogs in the back of the S, and there's more room in the back of a Model S than there is in the in my Model X Plaid with the six seat combination because you can't fold those seats flat. It's interesting. So and what, it's what are those dogs? How... Like a Newfoundland dog too, right? So... <laughs> yeah, they got three. They got three big. This is my son big Kyle. Dogs. I mean, they've got three giant dogs, and they fit better in the S uh, in his S than they do in my Model X. So, All right, yeah. final final curveball from me. I've not driven it, but it's a beast, and it's the Genesis Electric G80, which I, you you do get in the US, I believe. Yes, um, they're going to be as made in Alabama. Rare as hen's teeth when you see one of these on the road. You sit inside that, you'll feel like a million dollars. That's a step up yeah. from the Lexus. Uh, not driven one. Um, only a GV60. Um, but I was really impressed with Genesis, and it's different platform, but. I, I, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna feel really special driving it. What it'll feel like in five or ten years, I don't know. But have a look. Yeah. It starts at seventy-five, and you'll be the only one you know driving a Lexus, a Genesis electric G80. Uh, now, when you say G80, are you talking about the sedan? Yes. But yes. This, again, that's not a hatchback, isn't it? And it's it's also only two hundred thirty-five miles, so it's kind of way below what he's looking for. Okay, yeah. but it's yeah. upscale. It's oh, definitely it is upscale. I mean, oh yeah, it's it's nice. That oh yeah, interior. It feels yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh, there is. Nice. You know, the so, guy that designed the uh, the Genesis, he came from uh, Bentley. Is it Bentley uh, he came from? Right. Yeah, the Why? interior. You know, the seats in like yeah. we had a GV60. My wife mm. fell in love with those freaking seats. There was like ten thousand dollar <laughs> option to get the performance edition, and she never once pushed the little stupid button to make it go faster. <laughs> Because she wanted the seats, and the only way to get the seats, the Napa leather, was to pay ten thousand dollars. But wow. they, it, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous car. It um, is, yeah. I, I like what they're doing. Genesis is amazing. By the way, if you're ever in New York City, because you mentioned that you drive up there, go down to the Meatpacking District and check out Genesis House. It's um, four floors of nothing but a showcase of Genesis products. And it's really worth it. There's an amazing five-star Korean restaurant on the third floor, and they have they showcase all their products there. You see everything, but they're just really incredibly um, well, you know, well-made cars. I mean, we could keep going on. I there's something special about the German cars in terms of the interior, the fit, and the finish, and the luxury, and all of that. But Genesis has really given them a run for their money, and um, you know, I would check that out. That's, those are nice shots. <laughs> so, so I think uh, so. Since he's already leaning uh, Tesla, I think really that, that might be the way to go for him. Because so if he doesn't like the car, if he gets a Tesla Model S delivered, and he doesn't like it, he has like a 
you know, some time to, you know, inspect it and drive it and then hand it back in if he's, if it doesn't meet, you know, his expectations. So that's one thing. Uh, mobile service. I haven't had a problem. I've had a mobile service come here one time and it was fine. Uh, but for bigger things, yeah, mine, I also have to go like a hundred some miles away if I needed service. Uh, I don't think that's really too much. It's pretty kind of a rare thing to, I think to have that kind of an issue where you need, really need to, in your first early, especially on, early ownership, take it all the way back to, to the dealership, but they do provide loaner vehicles actually. So I would not worry about that too much. Um, so yeah, I would definitely look at the Tesla Model S long range uh, lift back. It's got you can get you that 400 miles to. Uh, you might I would actually if I'm driving 400 miles to New York, I would probably stop outside of New York and, and charge up there. So you have lots of you know charge to move around the city and oh, yeah. get out of there if you want. Yeah. So one charging stop, you know, it would be like 10, 15 minutes, and yeah, most people need to stop over a distance that long anyway. So. That's would be my recommendation. So, and again, and, and is this the gentleman that had the Model Three as well? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay, that was the next. That that's was the next one. He had the Lexus ES three hundred and fifty, which uh, is like a right. fancy the, Camry. Really, it's not really the top Lexus. It's right, right. What the, what on earth happened to Mercedes Benz EQS values? Less than Ooh. six thousand miles uh, for less than sixty k EQS four hundred and fifty plus. Well, that's what bad. What's happened in the last 12 months since last time I looked? That's a good alternative, actually. To the, oh, the my S, gosh. <laughs> Someone's taken a hit on that. I mean, I know used, I know EV values have gone down, but, um, I, feel, I mean, I there's... I, phew, man. Do you know the range right off the top of your head there? That's a, so Martin? much car. Let's click on it and see if it says inside the report, but that's so much car. I actually like the, <laughs> the Model S interior. As, as much or more than the EQS interior, but that's that's a personal thing. Um, so I would just say, Akil, if you if you're, can't see, it's worth going the Mercedes actually and giving one a test drive if you have the opportunity. If you have a Mercedes dealership in your area, all right. But we should probably move on. Uh, yep. Try to keep this show a little tight. <laughs> um, our next case comes to us from Alex, who sent us an email and says. Currently residing in Chicago with my three growing boys, we own a 2023 Hyundai Ioniq 5 SEL and a 2016 Honda Pilot, which we'd like to replace. We we pre-ordered a Rivian R1S, my dream car, and we are at the point of configuring or purchasing. My primary question for you revolves around the recently announced battery updates. Should these updates be a significant factor in our decision-making process? And is there merit in considering a used quad for a similar price? Below are the options we are contemplating. So primary path is the new dual motor R1S with delivery in Q1 before the plant shutdown and battery update. That's gonna be around 90,000. The alternative is new dual motor R1S with delivery after the plant shutdown and with the new battery update, likely in Q3 or Q4, also around 90,000. But they would consider a used quad motor R1S with an earlier VIN and around 10,000 miles for around 85,000. Uh, a fourth option is patience. Keep waiting for a larger three-row SUV such as the EX90 or EV9. Best regards, Alex. All right. Uh, let's kick that over to you, Dave. Oh, boy. Wow. All right. So a couple things. First of all, Martin, maybe you and Dom know this, but 
has there been a confirmation of a new battery pack from Rivian? Well, it hit the Max Pack recently, right? Well, forget the Max Pack. That that right. you don't don't waste your money on the Max Pack. If you're right. unsure about that, there's a video up on Aspect Reviews about that. Mm-hmm. But the 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 sweet spec sweet spec battery pack on the Rivian is the long range, not the Max Pack, and not not the small battery pack. The large large battery, yeah. The it's large like standard, battery, standard plus, large, right. and max, yeah. And and unless you're going, and by the way, I called Kyle on this one before because I was like, I need a little brush up on our, you know, Rivian. Mm-hmm. And so this is him speaking right now, and I he knows what he's doing with Rivian. Um, unless you're doing some serious off roading, and and when I say serious off roading, like you just don't need quad motor. Dual motor yeah. is fine. Yeah. Um, is is something that that he mentioned. Um, there is a rumor we've heard about a refreshed body style, perhaps on the Rivians. I don't know if that's something that you guys, I've seen that floating around. I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, I, I think there's a lot of value here in, in the EV nine. Um, that's a, that's a, uh, and you mentioned it here, sir. And I think that's something you should go check out. It's it's a really quite a nice piece. Now the rear wheel drive EV9 is as sw- slow as molasses. We've got one out in Colorado. Kyle's been driving it, and he said it's it's just it's just you know it's just bearable um, in terms right. of being slow or, or the quickness. But um, you know, oh, you you are on mute there for a second. No, you're still on mute. Just, uh, there you go. Yeah, no, that was uh, Kyle was just telling me he was probably correcting me on something and he couldn't even hear me. But um, yeah, I mean, look, the EV9 is great. And I have seen the EX90 in person and that's a beautiful rig, but I think they're going to be pricey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are expensive. Um, yeah. So, Martin, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I would say, yeah, no quad motor, no need for the quad motor, unless you're doing some hardcore off-roading. I think that EV world is changing so quickly that you're absolutely right to question, should you wait for this new technology if it were to be a game changer? If it was, should I wait two months or should I wait a month and get it, get the car with you know an, an, a native NAX port on the side? to do away with an adapter for the next five years, I'd say wait. But no, I wouldn't worry about the battery changes. These cars are always evolving. Rivian are very good at always evolving their vehicles. So I think whenever you buy a Rivian, there's always going to be another thing coming that you'll think, oh, I could have waited for that. Um, absolutely. Uh, have a look at the the um, the Kia EV9 because it has, I think, gone down universally well. I've seen no criticism of it. And all the testing that Kyle's done for out of spec, I think has proven that it's a really good bit of engineering and it's got a ton of room inside it. And if you like the look of it, and it's certainly distinctive, I think it stands out. um, I think that's definitely worth a look. If you need to get into a vehicle now, either of the Rivian options would be good. Um, but the Kia option, I think, is also a really good one. And you shouldn't have to wait too long, I don't think, anyway. I think there's there's vehicles with dealers. Yeah, right. I think yeah. so. Yeah, my dealer has some in Tallahassee, already has three. And I know they're selling pretty good in numbers around the country. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, that's the one. That's that's why out of spec. Uh, that's why Kyle's got one to drive for now because uh, somebody pulled out of their order and the dealer said, "Well, we'll buy it then and give it to out of spec to review." And thank you very much for the free publicity. And it's done very well for them, I gather. Um, what a great dealer to work to work with out of spec. But um, uh, they are around, and so if you don't mind doing a nationwide search, and you should do a nationwide search, then have a look at the Kia. Either of the Rivians are going to be brilliant as well. But go, go for the big. You are going for the big battery, aren't you? That was in the email. The large pack uh i think so yes right so. so well this is an interesting thing so ah man so hard is hard is to decide so i i'm all about the dual motor as well with you i'm with you guys don't need a quad go for the more affordable dual motor definitely um uh large battery pack i think that's the that's the way to go with that vehicle um, but to, to do it before or after the plant shut down. So after the plant shut down, they're going to have uh, just like a, I don't think I don't think it's going to be very. Mm, I don't think drivers will really be able to tell much difference. I'm not sure if there'll be much a whole lot in difference of like different software capabilities either coming down there. So I think that's really more an internal change. Uh, it's basically. Re, a different communications paths, so it's going to have a lot fewer, a lot fewer ECUs inside. For the, it's going to be more like uh, I believe, like how the Tesla Cybertruck is engineered. Uh, or, you know, it's uh, I can't forget the uh, name of it. Ethernet. It's just, yeah, it's got. A, uh, well, I don't know if they're going to use an Ethernet, but it's definitely something different, right? Okay. So, but possibly an, an Ethernet, but different from how they've been doing it. Um, so I kind of think like I'd want to wait. But I really think maybe it wouldn't make any difference. If you did wait, you might be able to pick up uh, a dual motor with the, the original uh, configuration, with the original you know version of it, cheaper. So there might be a little deal in there. But if you're willing to wait that long, you might also want to wait for the uh, Lucid Gravity. You know, so I'd throw that out there, and I would put that ahead of the EX... Uh, or the EV9 and EX90. Uh, EX90 is nice, but it's just expensive. And I just think the gravity is going to have similar levels of uh, uh, luxury and quality, but also, uh, you know, really great range. I'm not sure what the range is on the e EX90 off the top of my head. If maybe Martin, you might know that. I'll have a look. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, so Dominic, yeah. just to your point, I, I think mm -hmm. that in this particular segment between now and let's say a year from now we're you're mm -hmm. going to have a lot more information at your fingertips you're going to be able to see has lucid really you know um been able to deliver the gravity what do you think about the gravity as an option you're mm -hmm. going to be able to have much more transparency around what rivian is doing are they coming out with a new body a little bit of a refresh um and and are they coming out with a new battery again rumor who knows and so when you're spending that kind of money, maybe what you do is go for a, a smart short-term per, per purchase now, perhaps in the used market to satisfy your EV sort of desire um, with the intention of, of doing a one-year ownership and, and, um, you know, and it, something as a holdover that will give you the peace of mind that you'll have much more transparency a year from now with the vehicles you're talking about, and then you'll be ready to write the big check. Right. So that's something to think about. And and don't overbuy on the used side. Take See if you can, if you like that idea, um, 
and just maybe put a placeholder in there for yourself. Just a suggestion. Good shout. Yeah, there's there's some used used R1Ts, uh, or R1Ss. I think in the in the sixties used without too many miles on them. So that's definitely a, a great idea. I like that Good idea shout. a lot actually. And so it's not over the year. It's not going to probably could depreciate a whole lot. And then you'll have a really a much better range of vehicles to choose from. I know year. this sounds crazy, but like EQS SUVs and EQE SUVs, oh. you know. About it. I I looked at I I drove an EQS SUV. I couldn't believe how comfortable it was. I loved <laughs> it. Was nice. Right? I mean, great the head ride, pillow. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, why do they put this? It's like the my pillow guy coming with you wherever you go. You know, I I just I think that I think that you check out something used, and then next year you make your you make your five to seven year hold purchase once you have more transparency. So play with that. Have fun with that. Yeah. I always like car transactions. So instead of doing one, do two. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, and go to the dealer and, and test drive, you know, what you can. The EV9, Kia EV9, if it's there, or the Volvo EX90, if you can find it in stock. I don't think it's in storage yet, but it should be soon. Yeah. But, you know, if uh, you really want to move out of that pilot soon, just jump into a, a used, you know, used R1S. Yeah. Go for a year and then see what your options are. I don't know. Or, okay. or you know, just get the new one now. That'd, that'd be fine, too. I have no problem with that decision, too. It's a lot of money up front, 90K. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I, the conservative part of me wants to wait to kind of see what my options are like a year from now, like you said, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Right now, we are going through a very, very tough time with EVs in terms of resale value. So mm -hmm. if, you pull up to the, if you pull up to the store and you unload all your pennies at the counter, just realize a year from now, you're probably going to be 40% less than what you pay. And I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how these, these cars are tanking in value. So use that to your advantage and look at the used market on clean cars. It's crazy. I saw today, somebody already sold a Cybertruck used. They took a 25% hit on a Cybertruck and sold it for 75 grand. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, Cybertruck's in a whole different I know, I know. Thing, I'm sorry to even know, bring that up, but I just okay. I happened to see it on, on, on Twitter, sure. or X, right, whatever you right, call it. Whoa. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, wow. I'm not sure what, how the what the financial or what the uh, used market will look like in a year from now because I ex I expect interest rates to, to actually start dropping maybe around the end of the year. I, I thought was thinking it would happen before the election, but now I'm not really sure. Uh, I know I know of course politically speaking they'd like to see it start to drop before the election because uh, you know the the economy will heat up a bit. Yeah, uh, which it's already it's already doing pretty good even with these you know generally speaking even with these higher interest rates, but. You know, once those interest rates start coming down, I, I expect those the car market kind of heat up and those the depreciation will kind of lessen. But we'll, well just see. just keep one thing in mind: what what has counteracted these higher interest rates have been the longer term loans. And I mm -hmm. caution you about going out 72, 84 months. You can keep yeah. your payment much lower, um, but you know, just be careful with that because it's, you know, seven, eight, nine percent interest rates on uh, car loans um you know and if you if you can take advantage of 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 money that is coming you know subsidized money sometimes hyundai offers you know zero percent or 2.9 percent with an ev9 that's that's a smarter way to go that's a whole nother discussion though but uh, yeah all right 
so let's get to our final email. It comes to us from John. Uh, he says, I'm working to reduce the number of vehicles I have. So oh, we lost our, our script there. But I currently have a 2020 Tesla Model 3 long range and a 2016 Toyota Tundra I want to replace. I want to replace with a single vehicle and am considering a used low mileage Rivian R1T. I also have a 2015 GTI, Volkswagen GTI, that I use as a track car and will keep. Budget is 70 to 75,000. My day-to-day -day travel is minimal and I have home charging. I commute twice a month around 400 miles round trip with destination charging. I, I would like to make the 200 mile trip without stopping to charge in winter. I live in central Washington state where it gets very cold. Also, I will drive as a must. Passenger space is a low priority, but I need to tow my GTI and trailer about 250 miles, four to six times a year. Mind-blowing acceleration is not needed. I get my thrills driving the GTI. I don't like cookie cutter SUVs or crossovers. I'm in line for the Ram Ram charger, but worry about reliability of a first year design and hybrid drivetrain. My timeline is flexible within two years or so. So questions, are there any R1Ts to avoid? Some used launch editions are in my price range, but I'm not sure how the specs vary. Are there any other alternatives you would recommend over the R1T? Thanks. John. All right. So another person looking at the Rivian world, the Rivian lifestyle. So Dave, what would you yeah. replace a Tesla Model 3 and a Toyota Tundra with? So that's going to make a funny looking baby. Um, let's see. <laughs> uh, you know, I actually did call Kyle on this one as well. And knowing that you're a driving enthusiast, we talked about well, first of all, the Ram Charger, I'm, I can't wait to see that thing. To me, right. that makes a tremendous use case. I'm sitting here in the Mighty Volt right now, which is the hybrid, uh, plug-in mm -hmm. hybrid. And for pickup trucks, especially when you're towing in the cold weather, I just don't think EVs are there yet. Um, and, and it depends on your use case. But if you're going long distances in cold sure. weather and you're towing cars and things like that, just realize it's not easy. And, um, you know, forget about a Model X. I know that. I think that's got about a $5,500 towing capacity, and you're looking for 6000 Right. R1T or, you're sitting down for this one, F-150 Lightning. Now, the, the problem, what, what Kyle said, again, this is just his opinion, knowing as little as he does about you, if you're a driving enthusiast and you got a nice GTI, you're probably going to want the R1T. Because the F-150 is awesome. Best sound system I've ever heard. I mean, not ever, but in the Platinum Edition, amazing. And it's a super comfortable cabin. And But it floats. You know, you're going down the road and you're like, you're, you're floating. Whereas the R1T is sporty i mean yeah. i've driven kyle's quad motor and the thing freaking flies and it's tight and it's fun and and so kyle was thinking that you probably would better enjoy the r1t but having said that i don't know if you saw the news report where ford is shutting down the factory on the f-150 lightnings they're just they, they just can't sell them 
right? So well, no, it's, it's a battery issue. It's a safety issue they're, they're trying to address. Oh, that's right. Sorry about that. Edit that part out. Okay. <laughs> it, they're having trouble producing. Look, all I'm saying is the F-150s, you might be able to find you might be able to find some good deals on the used in, in, in that truck. And that's an amazing vehicle. Very comfortable. I know Tom Malogny's got one. I've been in his. I, I think they're super comfortable. But for you, I think R1T. Yeah. Martin, what do you think? Just try to have a quick look, a quick look at when the Ram Charger comes out, because sometimes these things surprise me, or the, the first spec arrives. I think around the, first, the end of the year. Well, he's yeah, got this, two years or so here, right, in his timelines. It's like two years, and I think it's going to be early next year, probably. So, yeah, the Silverado work truck came out, and I, I totally forgot that it was out, and I was talking about the Silverado being a future thing, although I suppose in retail uh, it was a future thing. Uh, right. So, yeah, so, no, Tom, it's interesting. Tom Malogny always says that, because he, he has a Rivian and a Ford F-150 Lightning, and he looks at both of them, and he always picks up the keys to the F-150, and he, he loves that vehicle. So probably worth driving both of them, and both would be amazing choices as well. And it depends, yeah, it depends what you want from your, you know, from your vehicle, but... If you're not in a hurry, if you're not in a hurry, not that I've towed across America, but we all have, you know, uh, experience of watching Kyle do that. Um, I, there's something about that Ram Charger that if you can wait and be first in line, don't worry about being first in line. So um, you worry about being first generation EV technology. Everything is first generation EV technology in my mind at the moment. So... Mm-hmm. Everything is new, and the minute something becomes established and they're into the, the second generation of it, then the new thing is out. So every everything is new at the minute, and there's going to be re- there are recalls all the time, and it's new technology. And but they're going to look after you, and uh, and you're not going to be left high and dry. They're not going anywhere, not going bust, for instance. So uh, if you can wait for that and be first in line, there's just as Dave says something about that towing experience where. You can drive with electric motors, but yeah, you're going to be burning some fuel at some point. I, I'm never too any evangelical about edge cases. Now, we, as I say, we've got two EVs in the driveway behind this wall, and we use them all the time. And uh, we do all of our chores on those. And I've reduced nearly all of my emissions. Um, and we have solar panels and all that. I feel good about that. But if you're towing... I don't want you to resent driving an EV and it is tough. You know, you're not towing a light load. You're not towing a small load. It's going to be something that is going to eat up the juice and it's fine. It's doable. And Kyle does it all the time and it works. But if you can wait, let me, let me be blunt. It sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I'm being nice. It sucks. It just sucks. (laughs) Driving, towing a car. I mean, unless you, you know, unless you got, you know, you got level two where you where you leave. You got level two where you where you're going to, and you can plug in. But just little things like when you pull up to the charger and you got this you got this car behind you, yeah. And, and, and you got to unhook it, or depending on how where you, it's just it's just like this whole Ram charger thing because of the fact you tow and because of the fact you're a driving enthusiast. That thing's got some serious juice too. Yeah. I was reading about that Ram charger. The thing's good, but you're going to burn fossil fuels, so you got to balance that. If, if you, um, you know, go for the R1T, drive the F-150, and maybe bike, you know, wait wait for the Ram Charger. Those are all great, great choices. 
All right, so I was just sticking the RAM, seeing if we had pricing on the RAM charger. Uh, expected, oh, up 60 to 70, 60 to 78,000? That's what the, is that, is that really what it is? Mm, 100 around. kilowatt hour, 92 kilowatt hour battery pack. Um, that's, yeah. not, that's not bad, actually. I was thinking, for some reason, I was thinking the pricing wasn't released yet, and it was going to be like $100,000, but... Man, if it's if it's that affordable in the sixty to seventy thousand range, and that's it within your budget, I, man, unless unless the first drive reviews and the first like first you have a few you have so you said your timeline is flexible within two years or so, so you have you can wait and see, you know if if that works out you know how that works out like the new early RAM chargers you'll see a lot of if it's not good you'll see lots of complaints. And I wouldn't worry about it. I think it's they're not right. going to get it wrong. Then they they aren't going to screw it up first time. I don't know, uh, but okay. he has. But it's it's within, it's within his time frame. He could like he'll know after like three three months. There'll be lots of owner reports. If things are going to go wrong, they'll True. be visible at by that time. So he still have lots of time in his, you know, in his schedule here to to. It, uh, I'll, I'll tell. You, I'll leave you with this, just from my standpoint. If I sure. were towing. I would go for the RAM charger. Yeah. Right. No, I, hear I you. just would. Right. And so. it's going to, you know, it's going to do all of your miles on electric 99% of the time. It's going to yeah. have vehicle to something, certainly vehicle to load, probably vi some sort of form of vehicle to grid solution somewhere. I, don't, I, I, yeah. I haven't read it, but I'm sure it you will can, have. You can air up your tires at the track or, you know, adjust your tire inflations like on your track car. Yeah, so that's going to have truck. that. And It'll also, have that, yeah. Also, and I am Mr. EV boy, and I'm not telling you to drive on and burn stuff and combustion, but you do this infrequently. There is no point carrying around a battery big enough to make three vehicles out of if you can drive around in a 90-kilowatt-hour battery vehicle and do all of your miles on electric and then twice at once a month, twice a month, burn something this in the this decade that we're going through, this breakneck speed of change. We don't have to do it all instantly. Um, you know, you'll be cleaning up all of your emissions and then you go racing, which I'm also a huge fan of. Um, and that's okay as well, because we still ride horses for fun. So, you know, ah, man, I, I'm tempted to wait. I'd wait. I think, yeah, that's it. I'd wait. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the uh, idea also of like the Silverado with the big, the big battery because that'll have I think up to four hundred and fifty miles of range. So if you have that, because when he's towing, it's going to be half of that. Um, so four hundred fifty miles is two hundred twenty-five miles. So even on his, uh, what is it, uh, towing trip, two hundred miles. Oh, but in the winter, cold it's weather, going to be close. Yeah, it's, it's going to be close even with the, like the big battery Silverado EV. You know, I do like the Rivian thing. If you want to go, you know, if you don't want to wait, you know, dual motor Rivian. I don't know if I'd go for the Max Pack even with the towing though, because I don't think Definitely the value's don't. in there. Don't waste yeah, your the money. Yeah, the value's it's no. like ten thousand dollars more. Don't waste your money. It's like a, just a little bit of yeah. Um, right. I kind of lean into that Ram Charger. I mean, I think that's a smart thing, and uh, there may be actually Ram Char uh, Silverado plug-in electric hybrids at that. By that time, you're within the next two years as well because they're under under development from what we understand. But uh, yeah, I'm yeah. looking at this dump: 600 horsepower, not to 64 seconds, and it'll tow 14,000 pounds in a Class Five hitch. I mean, kind of. It sounds great wait. on paper. Yeah. On paper, it's awesome. It. On paper, that is yeah. the solution for this guy for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, listen, until yeah, the infra until the infrastructure is really out there. 
and you know the technology advances again you have to ask yourself how often are you towing it sounds like you're into it you're 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 towing your gti all over the place that's great i would uh, you know i know we're beating it not to bring up the horse thing again but we're beating a dead horse right. here just just right. go for the ram charger and when you get it can you call me because i want to see it i really do yeah I, I, <laughs> all right i think we got that one all right so we should wrap things up. Um, I think that brings us to the end of our show. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please leave them below or get in touch with us on the social media platform of your choice. Uh, don't forget, if you like the show, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, if you didn't like the show, please give us a thumbs up. Click subscribe, tap that bell icon for notifications. Thank you all very much for joining us. And we'll see you again next time. Ciao. Bye, guys. <laughs>